This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Whether the action is at the link or the bank, there's never an off day on Broad Street. It's the biggest news of the day, every day, with takes from someone who's never short on them. It's WIP Daily with Joe Giglio. Welcome on in, WIP Daily. Joe Giglio with you. Appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, following the podcast here. As we await uh, the surgery news on Joel Embiid, last time we talked, of course, it was about his knee, what it would need surgery, what it not. Well, we know surgery's coming now. And of course, it's a meniscus flap issue, whatever the hell that means with the Sixers. Now, it's an injury that most likely is a tear. It's a matter of how significant the tear is. So let's get into it here. Don't forget, subscribe, follow the podcast on YouTube at 94 WIP and everywhere get your podcast. All right, Tucker will join me in a little bit to give his thoughts on this. So I was thinking today, Trade deadline is four days away. Thursday afternoon, Daryl Morey's got to figure out what he's doing. Now, Joel Embiid's got to have surgery before then, and we are supposed to have an idea of how the timetable is, what the timetable is for Joel Embiid's recovery from this surgery. If it is a, a big tear, we're not going to see Joel till next season. If it's more manageable, there's a chance he gets back on the court this year. So the Sixers have a couple options here. I, I think we have to rule out option the, the pie in the sky, go for it this year, go win a championship at all costs, out the window. And I never thought that should be the way they should do it. I didn't think this team was good enough, but okay. Some people wanted them to go big, big names. At one point, we're out there. Pascal Siakam, he obviously went to the Pacers. OG Ananubi went to the Knicks. LeBron James' name popped up last week. So all these kind of names are out there. That always seemed unlikely. I never thought they were realistically going to go you know, all in for this season, especially when you just have the specter of Embiid's been banged up. Now we know how seriously he's banged up. So that is out. So I look at it as they have two more options now. Piecemeal, try their best, give the guys they have here, give Nick Nurse, give Tyrese Maxey the best chance they can to reach their ceiling with or without Joel Embiid this year. And the other option, of course, is more of a teardown, is more of to move off of some pieces and try to get some more assets back and effectively really punt on this season. Now, that would be tougher for morale. Might be better for the big picture. So I have five made-up trades here for Daryl Morey. Five made-up trades. Spent some time this morning on the NBA trade machine. Five made-up trades for Daryl Morey and the Sixers to approach the trade deadline. That is some combination of either, you know, trying their best for this year with the specter of, you know, whatever the heck happens with Joel Embiid if he could play again. And then, you know, what they could do if they wanted to actually tear off and move on and get even more assets. All right. So before we get into it, because I don't, I don't want it to be redundant, the Sixers have a lot of expiring contracts. They, they, have, they have the kind of roster that you could put together a, a deal to acquire players that make a decent amount of money. And we'll, you know, we'll get into who those players are and what their contracts are, but they have it. But for the purpose of this episode and, and the names we're going to throw out, some combination here of Furkan Korkmaz, Marcus Morris, Robert Covington, pretty much make up all the deals. If there's someone else involved, I'll tell you. But just keep – I kind of have that in mind as the players to make salary match, and then we'll talk about what kind of picks because that really 
is the crux of what Daryl Morey has to decide. No one cares if they move on from Covington, Morris, Corkmaz. These are just guys. They're salary fillers in trades. I think that's why Morey acquired them. They're salary fillers. They'll get you someone back because you can match salaries. It's the picks. That is, that's how we're going to know the level of in or not in the Sixers are. Will they give up significant picks or is it just more, you know, smaller things to move forward? All right. The other aspect before I get to the names that I want to throw out, the Sixers now have some assets for the first time in a long time. I don't, I'm not planning in, in my plan, in my fake trades, to give away any significant assets. When I say first round pick, there's only one I'd put on the table, and that is a 2026 Oklahoma City Thunder pick. That pick very likely is going to be a very good, you know, very low pick in the draft, or not a great pick. We're talking about in the upper 20s, if not, you know, closer to 30. The Thunder right now are right there to be the best team in the West. They're right there with Minnesota, right there with the Clippers. They're very young. They're very unlikely to go anywhere in the next two or three years. The Thunder look like a tremendous team, a young team, Chet Holmgren, Jay Gilligas out. I mean, they're not going anywhere. So I'm, I'm comfortable giving up that pick because I don't think that's an enormous asset. All right, let's get to the names here and varying degrees of how I think it helps the Sixers. All right, made up trade number one. I remember the names, Moss, Morris, Covington. That's how we do salary fillers here. I would even think of Batum, though I know Tucker likes him, and I don't want to give up Batum. I think if they're going to try their best this year, you kind of need him. He's, he's helped a lot this year. But I'm trading with the Chicago Bulls and bringing back DeMar DeRozan and Andre Drummond. And I would give up in that deal the 2026 first-round pick and the salary filler, the Thunder first-round pick. This is your best chance, this deal, of all the things I could, I could see out there, of getting through this season – being potentially dangerous even without and being in the playoffs, giving themselves a shot the rest of the way to stay afloat, to stay above the play-in level, and then to have a real chance to win in the postseason. Let's say they go up against the Knicks. You know, I think you you throw DeRozan in the backcourt. He still scores. I mean, he does. He's still deadly for mid-range, played for Nick Nurse in in Toronto. You put him in the backcourt with Maxi. And you could, you could fill in the gaps a little bit of what Joel Embiid did score. He's not going to score 35 a game, but it'll give you 22. And then you get a little bit here, a little bit there from everybody else, and you have a chance. And I think they're missing a legitimate center, a rebounder, a defender, and Andre Drummond. You know, everyone likes Paul Reed. He's very hit or miss. And Mo Bamba, he just missed most of the time. So I, I think you probably need a big guy back to make this thing af- stay afloat. So if the Sixers' objective and, and trade number one to stay object, to stay relevant for this year, to try to be a dangerous team in the playoffs, to try to be a team that you have to take seriously in the playoffs. And obviously the specter and the hope is Embiid still comes back, even if that's unlikely. I would trade for DeMar DeRozan, Andre Drum- Drummond from the Bulls. I'd give up the combination of Morris, Covington, Korkmaz, a 2026 Thunder first round pick. That's the big one. That's number one. Made up trade number two. And this one kind of fits the balance of now and the future. I think this is a really interesting player. Bruce Brown, now with the Raptors, he was with the Indiana Pacers. Okay, Bruce Brown was on that Nuggets team last year. Got a two-year deal, but the way the the contract worked when the Pacers signed him this past offseason, it was basically a 1-1, a team option for 2024, 25, 22 million. So he's not cheap. So here's what I would do. I would trade a second-round pick for Bruce Bowen, Uh, Bruce Brown, excuse me, Bruce Brown, older 3 and D guy. Bruce Brown. I would trade a second-round pick for Bruce Brown. I give up the expiring contracts. And although it it takes up some cap space for next year, you want to keep that cap sheet clean, I I think Bruce Brown, first of all, is a good player. 
Second, he just won a championship last year with the Nuggets, so he, he's he's part of winning. And the third is I think he gives them options in the offseason. They could pick up his option for next year, and he's a part of this thing as, as a guy that really you could, you could slide into a lot of different roles, and I think Nick Durst would like him on this team. Or, you know, because they have so many expiring contracts, we get to the offseason. They are going to have cap room, but they won't necessarily have guys that are tradable. They won't have much they could trade. Let's say a player comes up next offseason and a team says, all right, we want three first-round picks and we want something back. Well, it's kind of the problem when you tear down a team is or you have very few guys on the books. Like they'll have Max in the books. They'll have beat on the books. They'll have some young guys in the books. What are you going to trade? Like what are you going to give that team besides picks? They might want some legitimate players back. Bruce Brown is a legitimate player that could actually be a salary filler next year in a trade. So I'm kind of I'm trying to roll over this thing the Sixers have of these expiring deals. I think Bruce Brown helps for now, helps them be a more viable team now and also into the offseason. So number one, Drummond and DeRozan from the Bulls. Second idea, Bruce Brown from the Toronto Raptors. Third idea, and this one is more just adding an interesting player that I think has just gotten better as he's gone through the NBA. I would I would make a trade of Robert Covington and Mo Bamba and a conditional pick. Now, this wouldn't be a one. This is more be like one of those future picks that probably won't vest to a one, becomes a two, that kind of pick. And I would trade it for Tyus Jones. So I think he's become one of the more underrated players in the NBA. I think he could help a lot. And, and look, we're trying to pick up the scoring slack here for what Joel Embiid's going to be out of. And we need shooting. We need score. The Sixers need to think of a new way over the next two months to score because you you saw the game Saturday night against the Nets. They're not going to have tr- trouble scoring the basketball unless they change this. And I, as much as Maxi is a really good player, 50 the other night in Utah, all-star, asking him to do that night tonight, I think is going to be a lot. Nick Durst is going to have to get creative. I think he can, just judging Nick Durst on his stops, where he's been, reading his book last summer. I think he's a guy that could actually get creative and find a new way to get them through the next couple months, Tyus Jones could help with that. I think you put him there with Tyrese Maxey and you have a combination that could give defenses trouble. So the third trade would be for Tyus Jones. Fourth one, and this is more of the, hey, we lost a center. Let's go get a big guy. I'll trade for Kelly Olenek from the Utah Jazz. The Jazz are a team still in long-term thought process. He's on a one-year deal, about $12 million. Easy salary match for the Sixers. That's not a problem. I mean, what's it going to take for Kelly Olenek? You might have to – I imagine a lot of contenders would want him as an extra big off the bench or, or you know, kind of a guy that you could play with another big. Maybe the, the Celtics certainly make a lot of sense for Olenek uh, to have a, a little hedge on Chris Tapp's Porzingis. So I'm sure teams are going to be after him. Would it take multiple twos, two twos, three twos? Would someone have to give up a first-round pick? I'm not sure where the bidding goes. Obviously, there's a line. It's Kelly Olenek. And this season is probably not going to end in a great way anyway. But that's a name I would I would put on my list to get here. I think you could plug him in for Joel. You get some shooting. You get some scoring. I think with more minutes, his, he have an uptick in volume. So Kelly Olenek's the fourth made-up trade idea. So DeRozan and Drummond as the package deal, number one. Bruce Brown for what would either be a two or that 2026 Thunder pick. And it's an interesting contract for next year. Uh, Tyus Jones for Covington and Mo Bamba and a conditional pick. Kelly Olynyk from the Utah Jazz. And then here's the one that I threw at the end. We'll bring Tucker on because this one I, I put in mostly just for him. How about the idea of the Sixers selling? How about instead of buying, they just punt? 
that Durham Morey stands up and says, you know, it's all about championship percentages and we have this higher percentage. Well, I got to be real with everyone. Our percentages just dropped to 1%. We're not going to win the title this year. It'll make everyone mad, but he's right. They won't win the title this year if Joel is, is out for an extended period of time. How about trying to get something back from a desperate team? I would trade Tobias Harris to the Detroit Pistons, who just tried for Zach Levine, and now he's out for the season. And I would add in Cork Boz and Kenny Lofton Jr., whatever, just make the money work. And I'd take back a bunch of expiring deals. Joe Harris, Alec Burks, Gallinari, Mike Muscala, old friend of the Sixers. And I would try to get back from the Pistons the best asset they were willing to give. I know they're not going to give an unprotected number one this year. They're terrible. But if they're willing to give up a number one pick in three years, a number one pick in four years, five, whatever the whatever the limit you could go to the future, I'll talk about it. Because I think the Pistons could be bad for a really long time. It's a rudderless ship. And I would try to take advantage of the desperation to bring some relevancy, some actual veterans to that team. I think they want to do that and kind of move the program forward. They're embarrassed in Detroit. They should be. And I look at them like, Maybe the Sixers could take advantage. The way, remember, when they gave up picks for Ish Smith because the Sixers needed to have some sort of like relevancy, the league said, like, stop, please stop trying to lose. And they give up any assets for Ish Smith. I would see if the Pistons are willing to do that for Tobias Harris, who belongs on a bad team anyway. He, he's the perfect Piston. I would sell and sell off Tobias before his contract expires. Tucker, what are you thinking here? As the Sixers await the flap surgery news, and uh, Daryl Morey has a few days to figure out what the heck that means for the trade deadline. What are you thinking of uh, what they could do here? Yeah, it's a, a tough needle to thread for Daryl Morey, right? Do you try to stay relevant? Do you try to go after someone like DeMar DeRozan and, you know, keep the ship afloat for the next three months and pray Joel Embiid gets back and, and then you can make it run? Because part of me feels like if Joel Embiid is able to get healthy in six to eight weeks and comes back saying, you know, end of March, beginning of April, all of a sudden you have a healthy Joel Embiid who's, you know, not tired, not exhausted, heading into a playoff spot. Like we talked about him wearing down going into the postseason, him having, you know, a few months off beforehand might not be the worst idea, but that's just, you know, pie in the sky thinking. And I think you're right. I, I think the idea of selling and, and moving off Tobias Harris, which is something I've been willing to do for a, a very long time, but Trading him to Detroit, where he was a Piston before, I'm sure he wouldn't mind being a Piston again. It reminds me of, I think, two or three years ago when the Sixers traded Tony Bradley, which isn't a big name, but I thought Tony Bradley was a really good backup center. I thought him and Dwight Howard, when they were together, could fill in, and if Joel Embiid missed time in the playoffs, they they wouldn't lose that much of a step. They had enough bodies there, and Daryl Moore traded them at the trade deadline as part of the George Hill deal, deal I, I think, and it made me realize that Daryl Morey, the way he thinks is they're not winning a title without Joel Embiid, right? Like it doesn't matter what they do. You have to put all your eggs in the Joel Embiid basket. If you're planning on winning a title, the way this team and way this franchise is currently constructed. And if you don't have Joel Embiid, if you can't count on him, if you're not expecting him to be back by the end of the season or the second round of the postseason or until next year, I don't know if it's worth it going and getting a big man. Like, why give up assets for a guy like Kenny Kelly Olenek? I thought you would give up a ton, but would it be worth it for just, you know, three or four extra wins over the next couple of months if you're not truly going all in for a, a shot at a championship? So I think if, if they find out in the next couple of days that if Joel Embiid's definitely out for the rest of the year, if they can't get someone like DeMar DeRozan, who would not only help now, but help when Joel Embiid is, is healthy again, I think selling makes a lot of sense. I really do. Yeah, and Tobias is the one because, you know, as much as that contract has been 
so big and, and crazy on the books, it's about to expire. And then you don't get anything for it. He just walks away with free agency. So if they decide to sell and someone wants them, I'd be interested. DeRozan is the best idea to keep this thing afloat. If it goes the other way, see it, Tobias, and try to get a pick back. Appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, following the podcast here, YouTube, 94WIP. Check it out as uh, the Sixers have big decisions to make as we find out how long Joel Embiid will be out. Thanks so much for watching and listening.